the money wasn't the goal. The life was the goal. The fulfillment was the goal. I've had many journeys about what will fulfill me and what the money's for, but ultimately it's just one variable out of what I would call the three variables, your wealth, your health, and your time. Like how do I allocate those resources, mm. right? over my life to get the most fulfilling life. And so I, I think a lot of people look at money as the goal and it's not even close to the goal. The goal is a fulfilling life. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness. Very excited about our guest. We have the inspiring Bill Perkins in the house. My man. Oh. Good to see you, brother. Great to see you. Great to see you, man. For those that don't know you, you have done amazing things in business and financially over your life. You have... As a hedge fund manager, trading mostly natural gas, you've brought in over 2.2 billion in profits for your businesses. You've personally brought in over $600 million to you individually over the years. And you've had an incredible experience unlocking financial freedom for yourself and showing others how to do that as well. And a lot of people struggle around the idea of money, around right. the idea of how do I make money? Am I deserving of more money? Is money good? Is it bad? Um, what do I do with my money? Do I save it for a rainy day? Do I keep it all until I retire when I'm old and, and can't move? Do I give my money to my kids? Do I give it to charity? What do people do with their money? You've had a, an inside look around some of the richest people in the world, some of the biggest celebrities in the world, massive personalities, and you've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you've also experienced the good, the bad, and the ugly Correct. around what money can do for people. Right. And I'm curious, where did your fascination with wanting to make more money come from originally? And what do you believe was the true unlock for you from not having a certain amount of money to it becoming an abundance that started to come your way. What was that moment where you started to see it unfold and unlock in a bigger way? I think um, it was when I was younger when I didn't have any money and I was out trying to conquer things. And I was having you know, lots of uh, thoughts about what is it all for? What does it all mean? Um, I was a screen clerk, which is basically a peon, um, assistant assistant peon. And when you're in Manhattan, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a millionaire right? Uh, very rich people. But when I was younger, I was like, oh, they're old. Now, they were younger than the age I am right now. I'm 54, right? But, but when you were growing, when up, I was growing up, I was like, oh, gosh, what are they going to do with the money? Buy another car and drive their kids to school? Like, what is use of it, right? For me, it was all about the girls and the parties and stuff like that. Things that a 21-year-old, a 22-year-old would think. But you know, the more I thought about it and, and books I read like Your Money or Your Life, uh, which was a very influential book for me, the money wasn't the goal. The life was the goal. Mm -hmm. The fulfillment was the goal. And so once 
I money, realized, money was the tool. Yes. Money is a, it's like hammers and saws, right? Like you can keep buying hammers and saws. You can go to the hardware store, but the, the hardware store, the tools that you get out of there, that's not the goal. The goal is the house and the things you build, mm. right? And so money is the tool to build your life, right? To give you the experiences you want with your friends or hedonistic or charitable. It doesn't matter the type of experience. It's just money is just one of those tools in your toolkit. And so once I started to think about that, that I wanted to have an adventurous life, mm. a life with scars, a life with mistakes, a life with risks, um, you know, money had its place, right, in, in building the life that I wanted. And so I think that's when I started to unlock kind of my fearlessness, my risk taking. I'll go anywhere uh, to, to try and acquire this tool to build the life I want, but really it's about building the life I want and, you know, trying to figure out what kind of life I want. You know, like, you know, a lot of times I think I'm building the life I want, but it was really what was advertised to me. You know, you're young, you're impressionable. It's like, oh, I want my life to look like a rap video or I want my life to look like this, right? And then I do it and I'm just like, oh, I don't, this is not really me. This is not really fulfilling to me. And so I've had many journeys about what will fulfill me and what the money's for. But ultimately, it's just one variable out of what I would call the three variables, your wealth, your health, and your time. Like, how do I allocate those resources, mm. right, over my, over my life to get the most fulfilling life? And so I, I think a lot of people look at money as the goal, and it's not even close to the goal, right? The goal is a fulfilling life. And so is there a, a calculation or a formula on how to develop a fulfilling life where money is a part of that equation? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say there's like a formula, like do this, multiply by that, X, Y, and Z, but there are mental models, right? Like how to think about it. Like what, what the first unlock is like, what tools, you know, I'm in this organic spacesuit, right? And I have a finite time here on earth. What tools are at my, at my disposal, right? Well, I got my health, right? But this spacesuit is going to decay and die, mm -hmm. right? So that's how much time I got, my health. And there are things I can do. There's many great books, many uh, great authors and things you can do to maintain this spacesuit as long as you can and as health uh, and be healthy, right? There's time and time management and mainly the time to the grave, but also the time in between seasons of your life, right? Because as you start to pick out the experiences you want to have in your life, they kind of... Um, obviate other experiences. You know, I use very crass examples, like the time to be going out to the clubs and dancing with glow sticks is probably before you get married and have kids. Right. <laughs> and so if, if in your life, over the uh, totality of your life, you want to have that experience, it probably goes into a time bucket pre-marriage, mm -hmm. right? N not after marriage, in order for you to get the maximum fulfillment score. Right. And then the, the spending of money, right? Like when I go to work, I try my best to attribute what am I working for, right? What is the money for? What do you think about when you're doing that then? Well, I, I think about one, uh, survival and the lifestyle that I have, the things that I normally think I'm going to be doing um, for now until the day I die. But I think about the activities, how they will change as my life changes, right? I mean- Let's Give me I, some examples in the last five years to where it'll be different five years from now. The going to the club and uh, glow stick days, they're fading. Yes. I, I still go. You know, yes. I like to be young, but they're not as like every weekend, boy, where are we going? Like, like what's going on, right? So those dollars are spent, you know, they're pretty much useless, right? 
And I like hiking. I like traveling to different places and seeing different cultures. And so I do a lot of like mm -hmm. physical activity while I'm there. Uh -huh. You know, when I used to go, when I visited Paris and I was there for the summer, I used to take a leisure learning class and I'd put my books on my back and I'd walk to class about three or four miles wow. and then walk around the city with the students, et cetera. I cannot do that enjoyably today. Why not? My back, my body's deteriorating. I can do six miles, like I can do it, but it's not enjoyable, right? right it's right, not right. like I can't do it. It's not as enjoyable. It's not as fulfilling to me. Yeah. And so a trip to Paris, walking around eight or nine miles, my knees start hurting, a little swelling, et cetera. I don't get the same exact fulfillment that I did some time ago. It, we could just draw the line out. That's gonna shrink and shrink and shrink, right? And so I know that trips that involve that type of activity, I need to be spending that money today, mm. not in the future. Right. Right. And so these are the type of things, you know, I think about like, okay, the physically demanding trips and fulfilling things now, I need to be doing those now, getting those experiences under my belt now and not be pushing them out until I'm 66, 72, right. 81, if I make it that far. Right. right. And so I think a lot of people will look at the, you know, on autopilot are not thinking about these things. They think they're going to retire one day and then their life is going to look like a carnival commercial. And they have perfect health when they're 60. No. And yeah. No. Well, I mean, even perfect health when you're 60 is a lot different than perfect health when you're 40, mm -hmm. 50, 20, 30. Right. And so as your health declines naturally, the activities that you can do or that you will like change. Right. And so you don't need money for those experiences, mm -hmm. right? In, in the future, you need them now, right? When I, I imagine if I'm anything like my, my parents and my ancestors, I'm gonna enjoy just visiting grandkids, little, you know, talking about the old days, yes. et cetera. And so what I'm trying to do is create what I call memory dividends. Mm. Having an experience now, um, not only do you get enjoyment from the experience when you do it, you get a piece of that enjoyment every time you bring it up, mm. every time you discuss it. Like I went on this trip and this happened and we got stopped by the security guard and we had to sleep overnight and we met this other couple and it was great and we had a good time and you tell that story and that creates another experience which also gives you joy. And so when you invest in experience, not only do you get the joy of that experience and the fulfillment of experience, but you get what I call the memory dividend every time you access that experience through your memories. Right. And and much like investing in a bank or a stock that pays dividends, investing in experience pays a dividend. And so these, yeah. these mental models, right? Like, you know, it's a lot to, to remember, right? Like, oh, what, what do I do? I do an experience now. I just come with a formula, formulaic way of thinking, not a formula of like, okay, how do I think about the totality of my life? What experiences belong where? Mm. And what will be the most fulfilling for me? So if someone's in their mid 20s, early 30s, right? And they're in this kind of 10 year range. How can they start thinking about this? Maybe they've just said, you know what? I'm just hustling. I'm, I'm going after money right now or a career just to make money that I'm spending it all. Uh, I don't really have much in savings yet, but I know I should be investing. But how can they start to think about the formula for their life in terms of maximum enjoyment or fulfillment, these memory dividends, which makes a lot of sense to me without being broke the entire time. Right, so for each person in each profession, right, like there are certain situations where people have pensions, guaranteed jobs, et cetera, and career progression, right, where their salary is gonna be going up. 
and they're also going to have their own health, right? Like, like they're very healthy, not that healthy, et cetera. And what they're trying to do is thinking about, okay, what experiences in the 20 to 25 bucket or 25 to 35 or whatever, any way you want to break it up, what experiences belong now, mm -hmm. okay, that I should be doing now and gifting the memory dividends to my future self. Interesting. Or what things am I doing now that are robbing my future self from stability, you know, and, and, and causing worry, right? And so there was a period in my life when I was in my 20s, I was seesawing, right? I was like saving too much. I was, I was borrowing from my poor self to give to my future richer <laughs> self, which <laughs> right. did not make any sense, right? Right. And then I went from the, I'm gonna party and going crazy and I'm spending every single nickel I made, right? Uh, to creating future instability for myself by not saving. And now, right. so for each person, their career path, their earnings potential, et cetera, that will be different. But the, the thing is to get off autopilot and be thinking about it. Right. Be, and maybe, maybe you're fumbling your way through it for a year or two. You're That's like, fine. okay, I'm not sure what it's going to be, but I'm paying attention to what I want right now in the future. Right. Like, so, you know, people will have other experts like a financial planner. You know, a lot of times the financial planners are about let's maximize the money. It'd be like, that's not the ultimate goal. The goal is to maximize fulfillment. Yeah. And so they will keep you safe and maybe you'll save a certain amount of money, but you're the driver. You're responsible for your own life. And so if you want to be intentional and get the most out of your entire life and each time period, you have to think about, okay, is backpacking now through Europe? Is this the period to be backpacking right. through now? Or is it 20, 30 years from now? Is this a... Is this a trip or an experience or, or, you know, or a charitable thing that I need to be doing now, or is this something that I need to be doing later in my life, right? Just that thought process by ordering your life mm. properly will help you have a more fulfilling life. Yes. What do you think is the biggest psychological crime someone can make when it comes to their money? I think the biggest psychological crime is people fear running out of money instead of fear of wasting their life. Oh. And so, you know, they have this fear of embarrassment of like, I'm going to run out of money and I'm going to be broke or I'm going to do X, Y, and Z instead of fearing like I am wasting my life. I have for the, we were talking about the 20 to 30 bucket. I'll just, you know, this is it. This is the only period I'll be 20 to 30. There are certain activities, experiences, that are meant for this bucket, right? People are marketing services and products to you. You, you know that they're there, right? Like, I don't want to do them. Like, go have fun, right? But, but, and you only get one shot, one go around, you know? And so, and they're worried about, you know, in the 30, 40. So I think people worry about embarrassment, what other people think, judgment about their lifestyle or them failing in the future, et cetera, as opposed to worrying about like, I don't want to waste this ride. Mm. And it's not even the ride for the whole life, every single period of your life. So if you're a parent with small children, not wasting that period with teenagers, I know a lot of us would like to waste that period and just be like, <laughs> get through this period, but that period. And then, you know, eventually you don't have kids in the house anymore. And that's a different period of your life. And there's different activities and different opportunities that, that go. And I often say, um, life is like Tetris, right? Like if you were in heaven, let's assume this heaven, and you're about to come down to earth as a human being and God's like, here's the bucket of experiences. And when I use experience, I mean choices, right? I mean it in the broadest sense, hedonistic, charitable, whatever. Yeah. And you're like, oh, the 
the infinite bucket of experiences. I want to go hiking. I want to play tennis a thousand times. I want to have sex a jillion times. I want to do all these things. You're throwing them into the experience bucket. I'm going to start a business. I want to go to school, blah, blah, blah. And it's full. And God goes, great. You can have all those. You just have to get the order right. Mm. So life is like Tetris. You know, you remember the game Tetris? So you had to get the shapes right. Life is that way. Like if you don't have the experiences at the right time, they run to interfere with each other or your ability to do them disappears. Mm -hmm. So you can have all the money in the world, right? Um, when I was in um, St. Petersburg, Russia, this was before the war, uh, beautiful city. And one of the things about Europe is like, things they allow you to do would be completely illegal in the United States. <laughs> right. so it's not like, right. it's not like safety laws or whatever. So you can climb these steps, walk around the churches and then walk around the balcony. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's like, wow, I can't believe we still get to do this. And it was like 115 steps. I remember it was an odd number. I think it might've been 111, but, um, and there were like six or eight tour buses of senior citizens, you know, coming to go see the museum and, and, and this church. Not a single one climbed those steps. Not a single one. So their trip to St. Petersburg was entirely different than my St. Petersburg trip. Mm. Their experience, the information they got to process, the things they got to see was totally different. I'm not saying it wasn't enjoyable, but perhaps in a city that allows you to roam around and do these things and go on cliffs and overlook type of things and you enjoy it, perhaps that trip should have been taken much earlier. Wow. And so... You know, that's a, an example of getting the order right. Yes. Getting the order right and making sure you're using your money at the time where you're able to use it the most effectively, yes. right? It's getting the most out of that tool. It's getting the most out of that tool. Right. right? The tool of money. Your, your ability to convert your money into, into uh, meaningful, fulfilling experiences decays over time. So, you know, your brain reaches uh, mental maturity around 28. Your body is physical maturity around 33. Mm -hmm. So if by and large, if you were in the best shape of your life at 33, that is the top. Then you go into plateau and decline. I will never ever, unless, you know, new technology, gene therapy or whatever, but uh, be in better shape than I could have been at 33, right? It's over. It doesn't mean you can't be in still great shape. No, no, you're still in great yeah, shape. Yeah. But I'm just saying my ability to do certain things. Like, listen, I can get, I, I was recently. You're not playing college football anymore. No, hitting, you no, know, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> Last year, I was like one in like great shape. I, I got down to like a 9% body fat. My cardio VO2 was over. But my my lazy 28-year-old self will smoke myself in a race. Really? Like smoke myself, it, right? Like it, he just, doesn't I, need to warm up. No, can no, just, not, just go, does not stretching anything, right? Like, <laughs> right. And, and so, and then on top of that, if I race them, I'm, I'm sore afterwards. Like my right. knees hurt. You need to recover cart, for a week. But yeah, cartilage, you know, in the back is kind of, you know, all those things, right? But he's and just so, hopping around, you know, no sleep, able to do whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just like, that guy, he's so lucky. He just doesn't know how good he has it. Right. You know? And so... um, you know, I think about these things and, you know, sometimes there's very small things. Like I was, a, I was at a place where my friends were going to go wakeboarding at my 50th, 50th birthday. I was, you know, I'm generally a lazy guy. I'm laying on the beach. I'm like, I don't want to go. You guys go, whatever. And then I thought about it. I said, when am I ever going to have a chance to go wakeboarding in the future? We're here. We're in the Caribbean. There's a wakeboard boat there. When's the next time there's going to be a wakeboard boat? Maybe, maybe two years from now, three years from now? And I thought about my back, mm. you know, once your cartilage starts going, it just keeps going. I thought, 
this may be the last time I'm able to go wakeboarding and enjoy it. And I'm going to switch to another physical activity. So I got my lazy butt off the beach and said, I'm coming. I did a jump. I landed a jump. I was happy. You know, it surfed. And, and that was the last time I will ever go wakeboarding because really? of the speed of wakeboarding. And, and it's it, so now I wake surf, which is a lot slower, slower speed. Yeah. And I can do it later in my life. But my wakeboarding days are gone forever. Wow. And had I not done it at that time, it would have been years and years before, but I'm wakeboarding. And so I got all the enjoyment, all the memory devins of that trip, hanging out with my friends, yeah. etc. But that's it. The, the wakeboarder bill is dead. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host but now you have that memory dividend yes, that now, you can exactly. tell this story to Correct. me and you can think about that story for the rest of your life yes and i can also use it as a teaching tool mm. right so for people who are still you know got all their cartilage <laughs> <laughs> All their cartilage and no broken bones, no broken bones, or anything like that. Like, hey, you know, the time is coming where whatever activity it is, it it will be the last time for you. Yes, and you'll be moving on to other activities, right? So, I'm a wake surfer, you know, maybe golf, whatever. Maybe you're just a boater eventually. Yeah, exactly. Uh, your book has really taken off in the last few years since it come since it came out. It's called Die with Zero: Getting All You Can from Your Money and Your Life. And I want people to get a, a few copies of this because I think there's been this misconception of like, make as much money as you can and save it for as long as you can so that you can enjoy the rest of your life when you retire at 64 or 72 or whatever the retirement age is, right? This kind of concept, save, 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 invest, which I'm a big fan of saving and investing. Yes. Um, so that it will pay me dividends now and in the future. And so I won't stress or have worry about money. But I think people take it too extreme sometimes. Correct. And they don't enjoy their time. And they they get the bucket list and the time bucketing backwards. Correct. And so why 
should we be thinking about die with zero? And the idea of having nothing when you die for some people seems selfish. You know, what about leaving money for my kids or for charities or, you know, am I gonna leave my family with nothing? What does that say about me and my legacy? Right. So what is your your thoughts around, you know, these 17 questions I just asked <laughs> around, you know, how we should be thinking about money for retirement, how we should be thinking about money for leaving it behind, how we should be thinking about legacy and how does having money in the bank when you die connect to legacy? What's your thoughts on that? So I'm going to go first, which is on everybody's mind. And one of the number one questions I get is like, what about the kids? And there's a chapter called, what about the kids? And it's about charity and, and kids. And so the same laws of physics that govern your body, govern your kid's body. Mm. Okay. So they're going to grow. Their brains are going to eventually mature. Trust me, parents, uh, their, their brains will eventually mature. <laughs> how, right? many, how many kids do you have? I have two. I yeah. have two, 16 and 19. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and their bodies will reach physical maturity and then they will plateau and start to decline. So if your body is unable to convert the money into meaningful experiences as you age, right? Like your, your physical ability to either enjoy them or do them goes down. The same is true for your kids. So actually giving a smaller amount to your kids at an earlier age will be more impactful and more fulfilling than waiting till you kick the bucket and they're 66 or 65 or 60, right? And two thirds or more of their life has gone by, right? Um, so what I advocate for is that be intentional. You wanna give your, your kids fulfillment a fulfilling life and choices. So whatever you're going to give them, you know, some people are like, I'm not giving my kids anything. They got to make it. I got to make it. They had to make it. But whatever you're going to give them, give it to them at the right time. Mm -hmm. Timing is important. And so I advocate, you know, somewhere between 25 and 33, right? Different. Some kids are very mentally mature and they can handle money when they're younger and, 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 you know, it's going to be fine. And some are a little bit later in life. Right. But at a certain point, it's their life, right? You've done your best to prepare them to navigate the world. They're their own person. If they want to light it on fire, let them light them on fire. If they want to do this, you know, and they're industrious, et cetera, let them do that. But it's their adventure. And so, and that money has the most impact, Im impact when you give it to them then. And also your legacy, you know, people are like, I'm working hard for my kids. You know, they're 60, I'm working hard for your kids. Like, well, part of the legacy and the fulfillment from your kids is spending time with you, moments from you, not you going to work, you with them, memories with them. So in some situations, in a perverse way, you going to work to make more money to give your kids when you die is actually taking away from the fulfillment wow. and diminishing your legacy. Interesting. Right? So we have to be really intentional and think about what are we trying to do when our kids, we're kid, giving our kids money? And you know, six-year-olds are not kids. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I think one of the most asinine things we do or the most autopilot, not living with intention things we do is wait till we die to transfer assets to our kids. Interesting. Right. And that's the same thing with charity. Like charity is now. Right, people are hurting now, dying, starving, whatever the issue is that speaks to you, it is now, right? So, I, you know, I, I give kind of examples as like, imagine the people that donated to, you know, 
funds for polio said, I'm just going to wait till I die. And then more kids have polio, right? You know, there's people, you know, and I just use that as an example. And even if it's into education, the returns on education or a human being educated right now far exceeds any market return that you can make. So if you are a charitable person and you, you identify capital that you're not going to use before you die now. Right. Um, so how do you think about this in your own life then with terms of, you know, you have two teenage kids. Um, how do you make sure that you raise kids to not rely on you for money and you're not giving them too much? personally, yeah. but you also want to maximize for fulfillment and memories and you, you know, you have a, so you're going on the sub question is yes. like, do you give your kids money or yes, not? Right. Yes. And that there's books on this, like give them, there's books yes. like, don't give them anything. And yeah. there's books like give them everything. How do you navigate them. that? Cause it's all, you know, you've got so a, an amazing lifestyle. You've got properties, you've got boats, you got planes, you got, you know, do you put them in the back of the plane? They are got a coach and you're in first they class. Take a, like, they take a Greyhound across yeah, exactly. the United States now. Like, how do you do it where they're psychologically set up for success, but also rich in memories and experiences with you? So by me, quote unquote, making it, right? I've made my life easier and therefore their lives are easier. And yes. I, they've, they're in a bubble, right. right? And as much as I try and, ex you know, the exposure... I try and get them outside the bubble. Yes. But the main thing I wanted to do is raise strong, independent women who are kind, who can navigate the world. It's the best I can hope for, right? And as far, you know, the way I look at it is, is that I have an amount that I want to give them, right? That is for them to do as they please when they're mature enough to get it. So it's not my money. It's in a trust. It's separate because if Bill Perkins goes out gambling in some poker game, <laughs> you know what I mean? Lose it, they're not going to get my, it's not my money. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's their money. So I don't have to worry about the risk to me, et cetera, they're taking care of. But they don't get to use it. It's not like a 16-year-old's running around in a Ferrari or something right. like that. It turns over to them, to their control, when they're between 28 and 33. I think mine is between 28 and 30. Yeah. And so, what does it unlock every month a certain amount or is it a lump sum that they it's just uh there's there's you know there's all we're getting to state and and trust planning but you know there's a board that has for health support and maintenance gotcha. that they can trust not me other people can be like okay you're going to grad school we'll give you a little bit of sure, sure, grad sure. school whatever but all of it unlocks to them at 30. got it okay because i've lived my life so i i i, I say to my friends like me i live my life it's their life now if I'm going to give it to them, if it's a real gift, it's theirs. Right. When they're able to handle it, you know, I'll give it to them. And they're like, well, what if they can't handle it? It's too late. It's right. not like at 40, <laughs> it's going to help them anymore. And their health sure. is declining, right? So I'm just like, let them have the adventure they want to have with the resources that I'm willing to give them. Mm -hmm. So I don't tell people, hey, you have to give your kids money or not. I just tell them the when. Mm, yeah. The when, the when, the when is very, very important. Yeah, and it's your responsibility, I guess, as a parent to educate, teach, train them to be kind, you know, thoughtful human Strong beings. Defense. Exactly. And hopefully they're able to make those decisions by then. And that's, in, in some way, your responsibility as well to oversee that up until 30 or whenever that time is. Well, right? I mean, it's, it's at a certain point, your job is done. Right. And the raising, they're and they're their own person. They're right? adults. They're, adults right? they're not going to listen to you anymore. <laughs> they're, they're not going to listen to you anymore anyway, right? Like you're on the advisory committee. Yes. Right? I'm already, I think I'm already on the advisory committee. <laughs> hey, they call you when they need money. <laughs> exactly. And then you're like, I'm on the advisory committee. And, and you hopefully have done a good job. But your job, that part um, of trying to control your kids okay. is done. Yeah. You mold through advice from that point on. And so a gift is a gift. Mm -hmm. and, and my gift is set. 
um, it, and it's done. If I want to, if I feel like if I come into a windfall and I hit the lottery and I feel like, hey, I want to give more to them, I can add to it. But I'm living intentionally. Like, hey, this is when my they're going to reach a uh, peak mental maturity, mental acuity, and physical maturity. This is where yes. they're going to hit plateau, etc. This is when it's going to have the most impact on their life, right? Right. It's, it's going to have less impact on their life because they can't even convert it into the experiences sure. they sure. were later on in their life, right? And so it's their adventure, mm. right? Their adventure to have. I don't want to control people from the grave. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, here not, are the rules that yeah, I set Here are the rules I set forth. You must do this. I'm just like, what kind of human being does that? Wow. Like tries to control another human being with money, right? Wow. I, I'm, I want them, like you've done your training, have the adventure you want to have. Right. And so um, that's how I think about that. Now, the having the zero part is you know one of the 17 questions <laughs> yes is is if i spend i have only the only thing i have is my life energy and that's the time i have here on planet right the, the, on this planet the the minutes etc so if i spend that time going to work let's say i'm just digging holes i'm digging holes and they they give me this this thing called money it could be chucking shoes token could be anything they give me this thing called money and then i just hold it and then i die with it I've essentially wasted my time digging ditches, right? I've worked for no reward, right? We can see on his face that that's asinine, mm-hmm. right? Like, no, you don't want to go do something that you normally wouldn't do with all the other activities you can do on this planet, right? Almost infinite choices, right? We don't want to go do that for no reward, right? So we're going to work for something, right? And a lot of us are going to work you know, some of it, we enjoy it. We enjoy what we do. We enjoy teaching people. But that reward, when we slice up the reward part, that is for us to use as a tool in our tool bucket to maximize our fulfillment. Nobody goes into the hardware store. Let me get some hammers and saws and then throws them away. Right? Well, I guess there are some people who buy hammers and saws, put them in the garage and never use them. Yeah, right? Yeah. But but that's the, that's the, that's what happens with a lot of people is they just save, 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 never use it, die. Right. And so I'm trying to stop them from doing that and say, hey, let's think about how we can spend and use all your assets, your wealth, your health and your time. We're focusing on your wealth. Before you die to get maximum fulfillment and the maximum ride. Yes. Right. And so one of the axioms is spend all your money down to zero as close as you can before you die. Right. So you do not waste your life working for no reward. Right. So in your 20s, you may not have a ton of excess money. So you're not you you might need to save a little bit in your 20s, but also experience life and have adventures, but not be broke and in survival mode constantly. Right. right. It's like, like there's a there's different things you're able to do. Right. Like you're you're able to go. Let's go hiking with my friends. Let's go biking. There's a lot you of can do a lot of free things, a lot of free yes. things, a lot of raging, a lot of, you know, Super saver tickets, back of the bus, house parties, Z, you know. Z pop at the concert. Yeah. Those, those are some of the greatest times of my life. Backpacking, like, exactly, camping, exactly. yeah, exactly. But you're also saving away for security, right? The the one experience we all want, and you know, people push back is like the experience is survival. We want to be able to survive. Like if you're out of the game, okay, then, then there's no fulfillment, right? So we want to be able to survive, and we need to calculate our survival number. Like we got to pay rent, we got to feed ourselves, we got to do these things, right? And we're saving for some sort of calamity where I'm unemployed for a couple of weeks. But a lot of times, um, we're saving for I want to go on this trip, mm. I want to buy this house, I like this car, I want to get the girl the ring. I, you know what I mean? 
I want to take my parents on a trip or dinner, whatever it is. It, I like to attach the money to activities. Mm. So they're not just working for some abstract Chuck E. Cheese token that we never cash in. <laughs> right? <laughs> You've been to Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 and, and so it's like, okay, um, great idea. You know, so I, I, I first like to think about like, okay, when we're saving for retirement, we're talking about things is like, what's your survival number? Right? Because mm. we're working for survival and then everything else is choices. Everything yes, else is about the is. grand adventure. Yep. Right? And it's like, okay, what adventures go where in our life? What timeline? Where do they go? Right? And what adventures will I really be doing in my 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s? Yeah. Right? Now, they're the Jack Lanes or like, I'm sure. You remember Jack LaLanne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, juicer, guy used, the juicer or the, the... No, no. There used to be a guy when I was growing up, an old guy. The health to, guy, the health guy. The health guy. No, the Jack Juicer. The, he's yeah, he would have like, yeah. he would be like seven years old. Yeah, you know, yeah, doing I'm sure he was raging in clubs and spending money on fire as older. But like most of us, you know, will be more, have more. Uh, more relaxed life later in life. Sedentary lives, lives yeah, right? Yeah. More relaxed lives that, that aren't really high in consumption. And the data shows this. Like if you look at the data, even adjusting for healthcare costs, because I go, what about healthcare? Even adjusting for healthcare costs, seniors spend less money as they age mm. in aggregate. Now, Why you is be, that? I, I, have, uh, they, I get asked this question a lot and I, I'm going to speculate. They can't. they can't. They're sitting around all day. They can't spend the money. Mm. They can't. They, they don't can't have, travel. They can't they don't have. They don't have the energy. The, they don't have the attitude or the ability. Right. Both. Right. Right. It's pain. Again, I don't want to go flying. My mom's that way. We had to basically kidnap her to go to to go to Scotland for oh, yeah, her 80th right. birthday. She loved it. It was great, but it was a kidnapping. It takes it was, a whole year to build up the energy. And, and she, and let's the go. Ener yeah. She's like, I don't go on a plane. I got to sit. It's cramped. I don't like it. I got to feel whatever. I mean, she had the best time in right, Scotland. Right, right, right. But but they just don't. You get My, comfortable with your life. Yeah, I tell a story in the book. Like I was like, uh, you know, maybe an insensitive gift or a not very thoughtful gift. Like remember, I'm young and I'm on autopilot. I, I made some money. And I was a broker and I was like, oh, my grandmother's birthday. I, I, I would want money. She's been giving me money since I was a kid, like a dollar for each age, right? I was like, I gave her, I was like, here you go. Here's, here's 10 grand. You know, I gave her 10 grand for her birthday. And she bought me a sweater. And, and that was it. And, oh, my daughter, a cheat, well, later on. But that was it. Like, I thought she was going to call up her friends. <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to Vegas. We're going whatever, like with, with some adventure. We're like... And I was just like, I'm an idiot. I was a complete idiot. Like, I just realized like, oh, wow. Like, the money was almost useless to her, right? You know, it was, it, it was, it was useful as a tool to like give other me a sweater that I probably right. didn't need. Yeah. You know what I mean? About to move to Texas, right? <laughs> it's, not, it's not sweater weather, right? Um, what is the most meaningful thing that people who are, are more seasoned in life want that money can't give them? Wow. I, well, I would say that money, money, you can't give it to them. It can be a tool to enhance the experience. I, I think what, what they want is ex senior people want these relationships, time with their kids, family, loved ones, these, these adventures. You know, I used to say to people, you rarely see people go to the movies alone. Mm. We love shared experience. We're wired to connect, right? And so, you know, people have different tribes, different friends, different et cetera, but they love taking their whole family on an adventure, 
Now it could just be a picnic, right? And 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 a small one. Like at all levels, you can do that. Mm. But you can make it more fun and and people talking about it and having etc. So I think, you know, money doesn't give them that. It's their personal connections. But you can make them better. Yes. Right. You can you can make them more fulfilling. You can make it easier for some of your your family members. Like, oh, I live so far away, I can't afford to go. Well, it's okay. I'll fly right. you. Right. 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 Or I'll pay for the bus ticket. Yes. Right? Or I'll, I'll drive and come pick you up. Right. These are the things I think. That money can't particularly give them, but can enhance the experience, right, right? right? When you, you know, you were talking about this kind of generational fear of our grandparents from the Great Depression to our parents to, right. you know, all these different fears that were passed down generationally or conditions around money, right? right. Beliefs around money. Right. Save it for a rainy day, retire with money, all these different things, which seemed to be, make sense back then. Right. right. When it maybe it wasn't as abundant or they were in scarcity, right? Or in survival mode. So maybe that made sense for a period of time for them. But it's but it seems like there's more money available now than ever before. There's more printed physically yeah. available than ever before. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. And there's more ways to make money than ever before. There's more side hustles, side gigs, creative endeavors that people can do to make money. What was the actual moment? where you broke the generational conditioning around scarcity and unlocked it into abundance for you, where it converted into money entering your hands and your bank account. I, I think it's it's weird because I, I was a screen clerk. I think I was making like $16,000 a year, uh, you know, and then driving a limo at night to make ends meet. Um, and my roommate at the time was a waiter and he was making like $77,000 a year. And I was thinking, I can always wait tables, but I wasn't in it for the 16,000, right? I was in it for a career path to yeah. really make a bunch of money. And so that's a kind of weird thing. And I was kind of like, if I lose my ego, which I had no ego back then, I was driving a limo <laughs> at night. I was like, if I lose my ego, I can always get a job. I can always get a job. I'm not going to be completely busted, right? I might be poor and I've been broke before and I'm okay with that. And I've had great times, right? Like, you know, I'm good friends, we goof off, do whatever. But it gave me kind of this freedom. Like there's this safety net of like, I will be able to find something, right? And I remember um, one of the FCMs, I worked for this guy named Mark, and he was like, I used to be a garbage driver. I, if this, they shut this place down, I can, I can always drive a garbage truck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, if I lose my ego about like, I'm too proud to do this job, right? Then... I can always go work. Yeah. You know, it, it, there's way more jobs and way more opportunities. And I don't have the fear of like moving to another place to get the job or going to another place, et cetera. You know, it's, it's painful for a lot of people. Um, people have the fear of going into a new environment um, and moving, which I think limits them to uh, only local opportunities. But for me, I was like, I'll go anywhere for the opportunity. I'll go to Siberia, you know. You know, I was one of those dumb, young, ambitious people that were like, I, put me on the moon, I will trade. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so like when I got the chance, I was in New York City, I left, didn't know anybody, had a mattress in an empty room and, you know, I'll be there. You know, sir, yes, sir. Let's go. Right. And so, and if that didn't work out, so what? Right. So I that an adventure. I want, I want the scars. Like I want, like a life with no mistakes to me is a uninteresting life mm. an unfulfilling life actually yeah like you haven't 
touched your limits. You you don't know what your limits are because you never failed. Yeah. If everything's always working out and you fail, it's like, well, you never touched your limits. You mm. never really sent this thing until you run so hard where you throw up and you're about to pass out, which, you know, I did in college when they used to make you run, you know, back and forth. <laughs> <It's pretty hard>. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know your limits, right? Like, you don't know when you're struggling with the weights, right? Like, I mean, physically, but like also emotionally, like until... You've said I love you first and you've gone through the break and you've done everything you can for the relationship. Like you just don't know. Like this is as much as I can give in a relationship. Yeah. Right? This is as much as I can do. This is as far as I can go figuring out this business. I need to bring in help or partners or whatever. You know, like I, all those things. And so um, wanting a fulfilling ride is the goal, right? Literally the money. The money is only a tool to get the fulfillment. Now, I have fancy fulfillment things, right? And they do it, but, and I am learning how to use that tool to drive for my fulfillment. But I'm also learning, hey, from other professionals and other verticals in the health, like, how do I optimize my health? Uh-huh. There's time management books. How do I optimize my time? And then even in the web bucket, there's like, how do I get the better deal to get the same experience and the same fulfillment points when I go to Greece? No, don't do that hotel, get the Airbnb, it'll be nicer, and you actually have more fulfillment, it'll be cheaper, and you have more money for the trip to Japan, right? So I'm just saying, like, at the macro level, you know, this is how these things interact, and this is how you should be thinking about the arc of your life, but then you can go into each vertical and sub-optimize. Yes, absolutely. And so... um, But what was that psychological moment for you where you realized, oh, I'm actually good at making money? Oh, wow. And not, Uh, not like, okay, I'm making 16 grand a year, and I'm working at nights, you know, driving a limo, and... But actually, I'm breaking through the generational conditioning that I live in scarcity to now I live in abundance or have the potential to live in abundance. How did you learn that you were worthy and deserving of more money? How did you learn that you were capable of generating wealth? Oh, wow. I don't know if I learned it or I just believed it and it became Really? So I always tell people, like, I think one of my advantages was that I was delusional. And so they were like, what do you mean? I was like, like, I believed I can do it. And that drove my decisions. Now, that didn't mean I was going to be successful. I could have easily believed I was done it and, and I just never have done it, right? Yeah. Tried a hundred times. And failed, failed and broke broken, yeah. But the fact that I had that delusion and that belief that I can do it, that I, you could throw me in a desert and I'd have a fighting chance. I'd figure it out. I'd drink my own pee. I'd do whatever. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right. I'm just- Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I'm just gonna do it. Like I had this delusion <laughs> that I could do it. And because of that, <laughs> the drink of the pee got That's him. <laughs> you know, sometimes you gotta drink your pee if you're in the desert and you're, you're dying of thirst, you know? You, you know, rehydrate. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, Eat the, eat the bugs, right? right the, um, that delusion sent me the course to try and to learn. And so when I was learning, it wasn't like I couldn't learn this or I couldn't learn options trading or whatever. It's like, I can do this. I can do this because I had this yes. delusion. And so I think I think the belief is powerful. It's how'd, very, very How do you get that belief? Most people don't believe in themselves en- enough to believe they're deserving and worthy of money, of wealth, of abundance how did you get to believe you are deserving okay so i had a very uh topsy-turvy relationship with my dad he came from a different generation hard-boiled right he was pre-civil rights Mm. you know 
dreams were squashed. It was openly squashed and legally squashed, right? Like in this. And, he, and, and in, I was born post-civil rights, okay? And so um, one of the things, and I don't want to turn this into a whole racial story, but one of the advantages of growing up in Jersey City being black is that people in that period, people talk about you. You're, you're accused of this. Why are your people like this? You know, you're inferior. You can't do this or whatever. And so what you develop, okay, the, the good side of that is you don't what people think. Mm. You've been trained. You know, you, you know what's true about you and your people and your relatives or whatever. We're not bad people. We're not criminals. I'm not whatever. I'm not this. I'm not inferior. I'm not whatever. You just learn to brush that all off, right? And my dad was a badass. And he was like, you can, you know, you can do whatever. You, you, we, we look with all the uh, uh, adversity we have to deal with and we overcome, right? And so that not giving a what people think mm. and only listening to your dreams is a superpower forged in adversity, yes. right? And so, and so, like, I, I just, you just, so, you know, a lot of people walk around like, oh, I don't care what you think or whatever, and they're thinking this about whatever. I'm just like, I don't give I don't give and like, like, I don't care. That's their problem, right? Like, and, and everybody cares a little bit, right? Yeah, like, yeah. To the extent that people's thoughts will interfere with my priorities, I care more, right? But in general, on the not giving a scale, I'm on the further scale because I grew up in a period where, you know, I was born in 69, right? There's, you know, racial attitudes going on. We're just coming out of the 60s, right? Um, you know, being having that and then just having to deal with that prepares you you know for this period right of like i'm not afraid to look like a fool you guys thought i was a fool you know you thought i was full at birth but on skin color you thought i was inferior at birth on skin color you thought this about me on you know on skin color so you just don't give a shit, right and so my dad and the trainings of being a minority in a city during that time period prepared me for like who cares i'm already a fool right might as well try but some people who maybe have grown up in a lot of the similar adversities or worse or a little bit less adversities they might take that adversity and say well i don't have the skills i'm never going to be able to to do this yeah and they and they stay stuck in that they don't say because of this adversity i don't care and i'm going to go for it they say because of this adversity this is who i am i i think um i think you know I, I think it's uh, I think the victim story is marketed to people mm. and if you don't take that more victim story I think they would have the same experience as me really um, but I, I you know I don't I don't want to go too deep in it but I would just say that um, it wasn't conscious right you just felt it you know you just you just had a pride right you're the underdog pride and, and it came and I guess some people they might have you know I was lucky I had a, a father and a mother Right. Who, mm-hmm. who, you know, two college educated parents, my dad via scholarship and my mom later on in life. Um, and so if anybody was designed to succeed, it was me. But there were, you know, when I was led on my own and it's time for me to do it on my own or, or you know, who moves from New York City to Texas to go, you know, like the things, the decisions I made were kind of this like it can be done. You know, when I when I had. Uh, not that much experience, but I knew I can recruit people to build in to do this uh, solar development project in, in, in the Nevada desert, right? And then sold it to 
uh, capital dynamics, right? And 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 mean my friends and myself a, a good chunk of change, and also putting solar on the grid. Like it's just this belief that you can figure it out and you can do it. And so I, I guess that there are some people who get dealt the clouds of inferiority and it stunts them. Yes. And I, I, I would I would I would hope that somebody somebody somewhere along the line flips it for them, you know? Flips it for them and says, This is a badge of honor, man. Like you mm. you got nothing to lose, right? Right, right. This right? Is you a, got you got nothing to lose. You this, got no whatever. Nobody expects anything from you. So when you No you, pressure. No pressure. No yeah. pressure. This could be your greatest gift. This could be your greatest gift. And so for me, I think it, it you know, my greatest gift was like not giving and my willingness to look like a fool. Yeah. Like I'm just winging life like everybody else, right? Yeah. Like I'm winging it, right? And so, uh, and I'm trying to figure things out and I'm, I, I'm, I wrote this book for me. And then I figured if I, if I can, you know, save my own life, like not waste my own life, uh, and, and maybe it will be useful to other people. Yes. Right, but occasionally, I'm, I get somehow stuck on autopilot yeah. and I need to go back in a book or my wife needs to remind me like, hey, 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 you know, let's think this through. Let's, let's, let's get let's off get autopilot. Let's, yeah. get off, let's get off autopilot. You know, you're doing these things. You're playing speed chess on life. Like, how is this the most <laughs> fulfilling thing to, for you to be doing in your life right now? It's not. I'm deleting. Okay. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, things like that, right? There's, there's more things that are deeper than that. But I think... That early experience and my dad gave me mm. the confidence uh, seeing him do it in much harder circumstances, right? much deeper clouds of inferiority, uh, much more hard knock like to look at that. Mm. And then other people in life, like I'm like, you know, I, I go places and I get inspired by people who make it. Mm. You know, a lot of people, uh, you know, they... Oh well, they had this help, or were they? They look for the thing that was the one piece of help, but they still overcame a lot. I'm like, wow, I'm pretty lazy. Like, if that person could do it, and look at all the advantages I have. You know, born in the United States of America, growing economy, growing population, um, jobs, technology. I just was born in such a great era. Like, I, I'm like, I can ride this wave. I could surf this wave. I can do it. Yeah, I'm gonna surf this wave of life. And, and navigate it the way I want to go, mm. you know? And so I just had this delusional belief and it happened to work out. It's amazing. You've been around a ton of wealthy individuals. Yeah. Uh, billionaires, mega billionaires. And you've also been around a lot of broke people who yeah. are in a ton of debt or people who've lost all their money. You've seen the both sides of the spectrum. From your perspective at this stage, what would you say are the three keys to really making more money and also being fulfilled with the money you have. Wow. Um, okay, so three keys to making more money. Uh, I I would have to say that like on the earning part, like you know, there's a lot of people who speak better to making more money, but I will speak just more in terms of like psychology yes. and belief. Is this this belief that um, you can and you're entitled. Mm. And so when you think you can, you read the book. You read the business book, you read the so-and-so, you make the attempt, et cetera. I, you know, a lot of people will just sit in the stands, they won't not go the up chance. to bat, yeah, yeah. they won't take the chance. Not only will you take the swing, you'll strike out and you'll do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again. I was just talking with somebody on Twitter and like, oh yeah, and I break bankrupt. And I said, like, isn't it great that you're bankrupt 
and now you can still go out and earn and take another swing. Mm-hmm. Lose the ego attachment. Let, get get the fuck out there and let's rip it again. Yeah. You know, and so that's that's what it is in America, right? Like there's so many people and failure stories and fire, like Steve Jobs got fired and rehired, you know, like things like that, right? Like like all these learnings that you get. Like, wow, you went to school. This is an expensive school, but you know, let's go. You got subject matter expertise. What's the next thing? Mm-hmm. What's the next stream on your plate? Yeah. And so when you believe you can, you start to take actions that actually develop your ability to do it yes and then and then so that that is one um the 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 uh, we've already been talking about it you have to you know there's a saying like never tell your dreams to your parents that you want to do it because even though they love you they saw you as a teenager and you didn't take out the garbage Right. So they're always like, oh, you sure you really want to do that? Is this a safe job? Like you have such a good thing going on. Like you can just get a job at the post office or whatever. Like they are afraid for you. Right. To go on your adventure. They want to protect you. And they also seen you in your clown years. Right. (laughs) Not the new bad, bold you. Right. And so (laughs) and then also, you know, as as much as your uh, friends and 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 maybe some of your peer group may love you or not, a lot of people behave out of fear. They don't want to look like an idiot. They had a great idea. They had a thing they want to do, and they don't do it. They tried it, and it failed, or they don't want to do it again, or they they don't do it it. for it, yeah. So your success exposes their cowardice. Mm. Right. Say it again. Your success exposes their cowardice. Right. So when you go out and you fail, they're like, see... I, I'm, I'm right not to go do that. See what he did? He went out and failed. Yeah, I told him he shouldn't have done that. That was crazy. Why did he do that, right? So they feel comfortable in their safe life and their cowardice. They, they, they didn't go live their dreams or take the risk or whatever. But if you go succeed, they're like, I'm a coward. Mm. Like, I had a chance to do I could have done this. I could have been to work. I could have grinded for a year or two years with no reward, lived and eat ramen and, 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 and been successful, right? So... I always say people like success, but they love a failure, mm. right? They love a failure because it reaffirms that they're doing the right thing and, 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 and they're not cowards. And so be very, very careful about your mindset that you're getting from other people, mm. right? And success is not just doing the thing and making it. Success is living a fulfilled life. It is about the ride, you know? A lot of people like say, oh, it's easy for you to say when had listen, I've gone bo- like busted twice. Like I've been fired, I've been whatever, and it's been that has been great. That has been great. Losing I've your learned, money, getting fired, is getting fired, great. getting embarrassed, humiliated, people talking behind your back, you know what I mean? Oh, he's a clown or he can't do this. Like it's part of it. It's like I learned who my friends were and who weren't. That's I know true. who my supporters were and who, who weren't. I learned about myself. Like do I care or do I not care? What things really upset me? What mistakes did I, what did I mistakes? Like, where did I get lazy? Where did I get off track on vision? You know, I, um, it, it, it's about that. It was great. And then, you know, here I am on this side of the coin, but like, still would have been great. Yeah. You know, I did, I tried to do some huge project in Central America, went bust vaporized $10 million. Gone. Learned a lot. Gone. Like years, time meetings whatever you know and 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 it's gone i tried to do an importation project in california learned all about permitting in california the the, the interest groups etc gone the ride you know 
And and it wasn't it wasn't like now where I have a bunch of money. It was like that was a very <laughs> thing. It was all your money. Yeah. <laughs> it, was very, it was like oh, we might have to cut back on staff here, Mr. Yeah, Perkins. Yeah. Uh, you know. And so I think it's like really be careful about how you speak to yourself and the people you keep around you and who you share your dreams with. Wow, that's interesting. And the third thing? Oh man, third thing. Um, the third thing, consistency. Yeah. Take it seriously. I, I hear a lot of people like they'll have an idea and they're about to go into the execution phase. So ideas are like a dime a dozen, right? It, it, there's no market for ideas that uh, I think Paul Graham says, right? You can't just go, I'm going to sell you this idea. <laughs> no. no, you can sell the business, you can sell the execution. So like 90 something percent of it is the execution. Mm-hmm. And they go in the execution phase and they don't take it seriously. Mm. You know, this is your dream. This is your life. Um, you know, people take video games, um, simple things, you know, party things more seriously and then they'll take their their dreams Right. And so if your dream is this business or this idea or like some way of making money, um, and it could just be like showing up for work on time, right? Like it doesn't have to be this like yeah. I'm starting this entrepreneurial thing. It just be like being consistent. I want to be the best person being consistent and taking it seriously. Yeah. Taking it very seriously. Um I think more money comes to you when you show the universe how consistent you are with what you care use about. Use all your resources like as if your life depends on it. And and the funny thing is these are the hours of your life. So your life does depend on it. This is your life. This is the time period. And some people don't take, you know, I'll see guys come in with pitches or things. I'm like, did you do this? Did you use this resource? Did you do whatever? It's not like they couldn't have thought of it. It's not like they couldn't have done it. They just didn't because they didn't take it seriously enough. You know? And so use all your resources at your disposal to drive your fulfillment. If your fulfillment is this job and making money or this idea, use all your resources at your disposal to make it happen and take it seriously. And so I think a lot of people are are flippant with their own dreams. I don't know why. And I think it it comes down to the, um, I've done it before too. I've done it in school. It's one of those things where like you have this fear that you can't do well, so you don't try your best. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they like, oh, I'm afraid of failing. So I'm just not gonna do my best. And so when I when I fail, I'm like, oh, I didn't I didn't really try that hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't really trying to lift it, you know, like that much. I wasn't really stretched out or whatever. And so you're like, you have this excuse that you didn't try hard, so that's why you failed. Right. And so it makes your ego feel good. And I I've I've done that before and I think other people do it too. Sure. I don't know if these are the three keys. I don't know what you could take out of that, but sure. I, I think it's something that, you know, people can take home with and like see if that applies to them. I love this. I'm so excited for people to read this. I've got a few final questions for you, but die with zero. It's a, a new approach to looking at your life and maximizing your wealth, your health, and your time. Getting all, getting all you can from your money and your life by Bill Perkins. Make sure you guys get a few copies of this. I think it's got over 3,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. So get a copy there, share it with your friends. I think there's going to be different insights in here that will give you a perspective on your money and your life that you haven't been thinking about. This is some of it we've covered, but there's a lot more in this book, so make sure to check it out. Um, this is a question I ask everyone towards the end. It's called the three truths. Oh, so wow. We just asked you three keys to making more money, but this is three truths. I'd like for you to go into your hypothetical future self uh, as your last day on earth. And oh, whether wow. there's technological advances and you live till 200 or it's whatever. It's your last day in this world. Your spacesuit goes into outer space for the for the rest of time. 
And uh, you've gotten to experience your life exactly the way you want from this moment until then. You have a uh, excess of memory dividends, right. okay. the adventures, the love. Right. You wrote it to it till it all fell off. Wrote, I wrote it. I wrote it well. Okay. But for whatever reason, on this last day, you everything you've ever created has to go with you. Okay. So this book, this conversation, any creation of content in the future, no one has access to it. Wow. But you get to leave behind three final lessons. And this is your last day. From all the experiences you've had, from the first memory to the last memory dividend, you get to share three final things in this. Why don't you get. ask a softball? No. <laughs> Make it easy for you. Well, you're giving me a softball here. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So anyway. I, I call this the three truths. Okay, gotcha. What you. would be those three truths for you on the final day? Wow. Um, no matter what the question, love is the answer. Mm. Uh, in... Um, How you're just on the spot here with these three truths. I always do your best. I, and I learned that from um there's a book called The Four Agreements. It's my number one recommended book. Um, but always do your best. And and your best is different on different days. Um, but if you do your best, you know, whenever I look back and somebody says, what do you regret? And a lot of people say, no regrets. I'm like, anytime I have a regret, it's always related to not doing my best. Mm -hmm. So if I got angry and I yelled at somebody, I didn't do my best. I kind of changed. You're not going to control myself. If I, if I got fired or whatever, I didn't do my best. I got to figure that out. You know, I could have showed up on time or whatever. Right. It, you know, relationships, you know, that once arrives, like I really didn't do my best, you know? And so always do your best. Oh my gosh. The, la the, the 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 final last truth. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get technical here on this one. It's gonna be a weird. It's gonna come out of out of nowhere. Sure, I like it. It's gonna come out of nowhere. Life is movement. Life is experience. Life is essentially processing information. And the more movement and the more information you process, the more life you will have. Thus, the more fulfillment you can potentially have. So get out there and move mm, that's beautiful man i love this um again die with zero i want yes. you guys to get a few copies of the book you can go to diewithzerobook.com you can go to amazon all the different bookstores you're also on twitter bp22 i believe is yeah is your twitter when if you want that my hot crazy takes i don't, I don't, I don't recommend it but if you want to interact you got a lot me, of cool stuff on there yeah on twitter instagram as well bill perkins it's, although it sounds like your social media will be deleted at some point <laughs> but while it's, the just time me, being, it's just me raging exactly. enjoying life you know <laughs> exploring the world uh, but if people have questions for you they can go there and connect with you over on social media and message you and yeah and definitely read the book first before you have other questions. So get the book, read it, um, dive yeah. in, and, and have a conversation with a friend of yours about this book. Yeah. And, and just, this isn't to make anyone wrong or make you wrong in your life, but to just question, am I doing things to, to maximize my memories, my fulfillment, my health, my time, my relationships? Am yeah. I doing the things that my future self will be proud of yeah. me doing right I now? And just to ask yourself, and this will give you some of those perspectives. Yeah, the, the, the book is essentially a fulfillment maximizer. 
That's what I'm max. That's what I'm solving for. Here's these other variables. We can optimize for those, but we're really driving net fulfillment. It's yeah. net fulfillment over net worth. Yeah, I love that, man. Uh, I want to acknowledge you, Bill, before the final question for your journey and where you're at currently, because I know you've lived a pretty wild life and you've been around a lot of wild individuals and you have, it seems to me, gotten to a place where you've found a lot of peace, harmony, and fulfillment internally. And I think that's hard for people with a lot of money, even though I think a lot of people think people with a lot of money are fulfilled right. and find peace. Agree with you. But not all of them are. And you've been around a lot of billionaires who have more stress than when they didn't have money sometimes, right? right? Maybe some of them have figured it out, but not all of them. And I'm not saying you have it all figured out, but you're on a journey of peace and harmony, which is beautiful to watch. So I acknowledge you for being on that journey. Yeah, I mean, it's it's work. I'm doing my best. I'm always trying to work on myself, right? I have coaches, I have influences, I read books, and I'm here to make mistakes, you know? And, yeah. and just realize that, you know, you have to forgive yourself. You're human. Absolutely. Yes. What's your contract, by the way? Do you remember? I'm a loving, forgiving, uh, caring man. Yes, you are. I love it, man. <laughs> oh, man, you pulled out my contract. <laughs> Final. Final. Out, of, out of nowhere. Do you remember? I know, I know loving, forgiving, caring, man. That's yeah. good. That's good, man. That's uh, amazing. For those in for those the underground who know what the contract is. Uh, fours to you guys. Um, the final, final question for you. Okay. What, what's your definition of greatness? Wow. Oh, wow, wow. I've known... Um, this is this is a you ask the softballs, don't you? Uh, so so I you know I've, I've looked at what you you have in your in your book. And it's like your special mission, right? In your time, and I, I would kind of agree with that. Um, I, I think it's a greatness is a life lived in integrity mm. with yourself, with your values, right? When I see something great, it's like you know. They may not have much, whatever, but it was a life lived in integrity with their values and their pursuits and their dreams. And so if, if when I'm being great, I'm in integrity, all my, you know, my priority is in balance. I'm not skimming. I'm doing my best. I'm in integrity. When I'm out of integrity, I'm not so great. Yeah. I'm just not so great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just not, I'm just that guy. I'm like, oh, breakdown. I've had a breakdown. So, <laughs> and so, you know, and we see that manifest that in, in different people, people, uh, you know, they're about forgiveness you know i think about uh nelson mandela living in a prison for most of his life and coming out like how's this guy so happy and forgiving you know somebody who believes in a cause and like i i'm i'm this is a cause i fight for you know women who who didn't get recognition in 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 earlier times but believed in what they were doing and and diligently lived through it they believed in the cause or whatever they were working on whether it be physics or women's rights or whatever um you know, a life and integrity. I hope today's episode inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a rundown of today's show with all the important links. And if you want weekly exclusive bonus episodes with me, as well as ad-free listening experience, make sure to subscribe to our Greatness Plus channel on Apple Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please share it with a friend over on social media or text a friend. Leave us a review over on Apple Podcast and let me know what you learned over on our social media channels at Lewis 
house. I really love hearing the feedback from you and it helps us continue to make the show better. And if you want more inspiration from our world-class guests and content to learn how to improve the quality of your life, then make sure to sign up for the Greatness Newsletter and get it delivered right to your inbox over at greatness.com slash newsletter. And if no one has told you today, I want to remind you that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out, yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and not a yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch to Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.